0: This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal.
1: Hey, More Than Workers. Hey, Bethany. Bethany. What? Hey, did you did you hear about what Matt did the other day?
0: What? Tell me. Matt
1: was... Okay, so like he was driving a just giant truck in Haskell, Texas. And-
0: Oh my gosh, he loves trucks. He Ugh. got this
1: giant truck. You know how Matt is in his truck. He's the only guy to rent a truck. Like who rents a truck yeah, like, I in Texas? I never do. Mm-hmm. No, nobody likes trucks. Right. He rented this giant truck. Right. And he was driving around like in Haskell, Texas, and we were supposed to go to this new coffee place in Haskell, but he didn't even look up where it was. Like he just got in the car and started driving. Like he just is going to find where it's at. He just started driving.
0: That's he, not going to end well. No, he didn't know
1: where it was. He didn't even yeah. know where he was going on anything. So, I mean, yeah. I just don't, I don't know. He I just doesn't seem to plan very well.
0: That's, That's crazy. What, he doesn't like maps. He, he rents trucks. I don't know. It's
2: really <laughs> guys, awkward. what are you talking about? Are you talking about Matt? Oh yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Do you have any good Matt stories?
2: So many Matt stories. That guy's a disaster.
1: Yeah. You ever seen him? Have you ever seen him? Does have you ever seen him drive a truck?
2: Man, he purposely rents the truck so that I have to like jump in it like a tiny little cricket with my cricket legs.
1: Doesn't he <laughs> with your cricket legs? <laughs> and then he videotapes you doing it.
2: He does. It's he's. Matt is the worst. He's the worst
1: Matt is awful. Yeah. yeah Matt's really weird. Hey, Mary, Mary.
2: Hey, that's a pretty good guy guys.
1: Ma- Mary. Yeah. yeah I mean, Matt's, Matt's huh? all right, but I mean, haven't you, have I'm sure you've got a good Matt story like you've worked with Matt for a while.
3: Matt's really great. I, I really admire him. I'm learning how to be more like him every day.
1: Wow. Okay. That's, that's a lot. Do you owe Matt money? No, just a quarter. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Well, why don't
2: we why don't we all go to the other side of the room and talk about Matt, not by Mary?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mary, that's great talking. We'll catch up with you later. We'll talk later. We're gonna go over and talk about Matt now. Okay, but it's fine. It's fine
3: that's not cool
1: okay and scene see what we just did there more than workers was we just acted out what happens in offices every single day not the cricket legs part because no one has ever said those words together no one has ever said that but more I
0: just, of i just wanted to like make a side note if you guys were really impressed by our acting abilities it's probably because we all have experience we're all really experienced
1: yeah yeah some of us studied it um <laughs> Yeah. Acting. That's what we did together So it was just acting. It was all, it was all a script. Now we didn't even have a script. It was improvised, improvised together, but it's, it happens a lot in offices. It happens a lot at work. It happens in families. It happens private life. And you know what we're talking about? We're talking about gossip today. We're talking about gossip. How does gossip impact a team? What is gossip? How does it impact working together? Does it make us less people centric or is it also kind of fun? That's what we're going to talk about today, and that's our theme is gossip. And with us, as always, is our people-centric team of Mary Ling, Bethany Taff, Diana Royalty, Don Harkey, and our host, Matt Griswold. And Matt's, you know, the other thing Matt does is his microphone doesn't work. That's the other thing. His microphone never that works. Is He's the ready worst. for it. We just did like a five-minute introduction, and Matt wasn't even ready for it. Matt, are you with us now?
4: Yeah, I was actually eavesdropping on the outside of the door. I heard everything you said. And oh. you know what? You didn't sound any more ridiculous with the cricket legs than you did with Matt Rents a huge truck. Listen, everybody, it was a four-door truck, but it was a two-wheel drive truck. All the truck people are like, that's not a huge truck. That's not even a huge... It's barely a truck, okay? You sound... I don't know which part was more ridiculous. But I do like, you know, when when in Rome, they say. I do like to rent, rent the... Uh, truck when I go to Haskell and visit the fine people there. And to be fair, I can stand on the square and see all of the different shops that are on the square, which is where the coffee shop was, right? We found- we it. You drove away
1: from the square.
4: Yeah, I know, but it was a <laughs> lap, which took a lap. It's beautiful, I just wanted to see the country. Anyway, so can we do something first? So we're talking about gossip. Can we define what makes gossip gossip? Because there's a lot of people probably listening that are going, yeah, gossiping is horrible. I only spit the truth, right? I only say things that are true. That's got not gossip, right? Like what, what makes gossip gossip? Just so we can maybe have a definition for the people.
1: Well, when we think about gossip, usually think about it has two different things that are involved with it. First of all, it's casual talk about a third party, so we were talking, everybody in the room was talking about Matt. Matt was not present. Matt was not in the room, so we were talking about somebody who was not there, and the second thing is that often confirmed that it involves unconfirmed details. So we're talking about things that we heard about Matt, and we're expanding things like I talked about the story about the truck and driving away, Matt jumped on to the conversation immediately started to add details to it, because he felt like I left some stuff out, which which often happens. But that's the other piece of it is there's often unconfirmed details like are we may not be completely factual, when we're talking about the third party casually. And I think that's what really gossip is those two elements.
4: And I think, you know, I like how it says often involves unconfirmed, because it could be all true. But if you're talking around in circles without the person that you're actually talking about, I think it's still gossip. Even if it's totally true, it might be that truth might be taken out of context, too. You might be missing a step before you might have said, you know, something that was true, but missed a step along the way. Not that you were purposely trying to lie, but maybe it's the avoidance part, which, by the way, Thanks, Mary, for having my back. These hyenas here. I appreciate you, Mary. Thank you. You know yeah. what
3: else
1: Matt did?
0: I'm
3: only week four, so give me some time. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> but I, do, I do want to point out that when you improvise, Mary, you're supposed to say yes and not say no, no, no. He's a great guy.
4: <laughs> you're not a fireman.
0: So Fire I remember, Yes. And I'll remember that
3: for next time. <laughs> okay. Good.
4: That's good. So, you know, there's a bigger picture of what we're trying to paint here, too, with gossip. So this is not, you know, if you're driving to work and you're going, gosh, I'm glad I don't work in an environment where people gossip. That's probably not true, and it might it might even be disguised. Uh, I think we do have, I think we do have, uh, you know, certain areas maybe of businesses that are better at that. We know some businesses that actually have a policy that states no gossiping. Others, you know, maybe the culture is healthy enough to a state to where they don't feel like it's gossip, or uh, they're not afraid to take that conversation directly to the person and ask maybe them some questions before making the rounds of and you know and asking a, a handful of other people. But this is probably something that's in everybody's environment. We don't have to do a lot of explaining around what this is, but we're really looking to take this to the next step, right? We're, we're really looking to take this to the next step and saying, what is the what are the ramifications of this environment where gossip exists, right? Absolutely.
1: That wasn't a question. You didn't ask a question. You what? just made what? a That's statement. Question. What
0: else do you want us to say? <laughs> yeah, you're no. right. Yes,
4: and. yes <laughs> and. I was just going to say. That was your whole yes, rule you just yes. said. Uh your whole rule is yes and Matt to take that a step further I think yeah
1: am I right or am I right
4: and then Don you threw that slide up I didn't know if you wanted me to say something to that or if you were about to say something to that
1: well I think it's a good point too so by the way I think we could just leave all these edits right in place here because this is how our team works together this is how we work this is real (laughs) this is very real But, oh God. but I wanted to post this idea, you know, as we think about the impact it has on teams, let's talk about where it comes from. And there's some interesting statistics that we've pulled up on where does gossip come from? So if I asked you right now, listener, where do you think most of the gossip comes from? What's the most common source? The number one common source inside of an organization for gossip actually is not the frontline employees. It's actually in the middle of the organization. It's the director levels. It's the VP levels. It's the people that kind of have access to the top and kind of have access to the bottom. Why do you think that is?
3: I think it's because they have just enough information to be, what's the word I'm looking for?
1: Knowledgeable?
4: Dangerous. Dangerous. Knowledgeable and dangerous came out to us. Dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> Both.
1: Both. They're saying yeah, they think- heard they hear something and it's like, I can share that a little bit because the number one spreader of gossip, according to research, are that then becomes the frontline employees. So I think the mechanism, Mary, is exactly what you said is I happen to be a director and I had a casual conversation with my boss who's on the executive team who said, hey, we're going to be uh, launching a new leadership development program inside the company. And then I go to my employees and I say, hey, everybody. We're going to be launching a new leadership development program and you're all going to get to get involved with it. And then the employees start spreading the rumors of saying, Hey, we're all supposed to be doing this stupid new leadership development program that none of us asked for. And it just takes off from there. It it starts from there. Um, Yeah. I
2: was going to say, I feel like the directors and VPs try to fill in blanks, but they don't give enough information. And so then the frontline people fill in the blanks for them.
1: Yeah. Just just give a little bit of information and then everybody fills in the blanks. I love that.
0: Where sometimes it's a lack of communication entirely and people observe things that are happening, but nobody talked to them about what's actually happening. So they fill in the details and start to share the story about why that's happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. We often talk about thinking in terms of stories, right? And so we're all living within our own story and it's just adding a little bit of information to our own story. So we put it into context for whatever we're feeling at the time and and it just takes off. Another last stat that I wanted to share here about gossip is that it's 2.7 times more likely to be negative than it is to be positive. So, like when we're talking about Matt without Matt in the room, it's not, it's usually not how awesome Matt is. Think about how awesome Matt is. Matt is amazing. He's a great speaker. He's a really good friend. He's a great father. He's a great husband. All those things, it's not, those aren't the things that we talk about. Matt, when we're gone, we're more likely to say, can you, do you remember the time, Matt, remember when, uh, well, Matt's not here, but we'll do the rumor thing. Hey, did you guys hear about Matt? He, when we were trying to fly back, he was so worried about getting back for his basketball game for his son. And he said, can we get an earlier flight? Can we do that? Everything we think are okay? Until I pointed out that we were in first class and Matt was probably going to lose first class. And then it was like, nah, we'll be fine. I'll make it in time. It's cool. He just stopped, stopped worrying about it. We get we go from the positive stories to the negative stories and we're talking about somebody who's not there
2: Such a diva
1: so. that's
4: a true story that actually happened
1: that's a- <laughs> <laughs>
4: don't talk me out of it quickly that would, would have had a very tight window anyway
1: it would have been tight he made it you made it to the games so that was good made it,
4: made it to the game so where are we going with this conversation right we're not we're not just here just to talk about gossip but the but also the the ripple effect that maybe this environment of gossip has so if you are in an environment or maybe you're you're not in an environment maybe you've been in one of those environments you know what we're talking about in an environment where this gossip thing is almost commonplace that it's typical for those things to the for those things to occur man it doesn't take long for that to start to create a divide amongst the amongst the people that are also there uh, pip- typically people are now choosing sides we refer to this as the, it's it's they are they are now in factions there they there's they're picking sides of which side they think is uh the side that they want to get involved with guys we see this we were talking about it before we hit record but we see this on you know social media quite a bit too it's easy to pick a side with very limited information to be able to feel passionate about one way or another and it's one thing on social media it's another thing in the workplace where these are your peers that i also have to work on projects together we have to create a good team environment together hard to attract talent to a place where this is commonplace you know, where, where it just kind of grinds people up and spits them out there. They get involved in that, those factions very early. And so I guess maybe a, a good a good question is to say, let's maybe talk about an environment there or maybe some real life examples, if we wanted to code that, of what an environment divided into factions Tends to look like and what effect that has on the organization. Or if you want to start, maybe what effect that has on the team manager, employee manager relationship or organizationally. So, what have we seen there? Let's build the case for why this is not great.
2: Well, I think one of the big red flags we see is when we go into companies and they use language like us and them, right? They do it this way. We're supposed to do it this way, or we do this thing and then they trash it, right? It's like, okay, don't you all work here? (laughs) <laughs> don't don't you all have the same clients and the same, you know, patients and the same reason for being here? Yes. Yeah, so who is they? Like, why do you keep calling them they? It's you're really we. And so we look for that language of like us versus them and what happens there to kind of say, okay, there's some factions happening, right? There's a clear divide.
4: Yeah, and for us working with organizations, when we jump in, we we jump in at that point of the us and them. We miss all of the context that kind of leads up to that in a lot of cases, and so we have to. And this is something maybe a best practice that I would encourage people to do. Also, maybe you're there at the us and them stage. You'll need to walk that back just a little bit and start, you know, peeling the onion a little bit. How did we get to the us versus they? And you'll find out these different stories. You'll find out. Well, the previous leadership was like this. Then these new people came in and really changed everything around. Or you know, we were able to go from step one to step two. Now we've added like step one and one A and one B, and it's the process is clunky, and those people don't know what they're doing, and and those types of things. And so we have to really kind of go, kind of go backwards. Mary, I thought you brought up a good point when we were just talking. Like sometimes it's like if I'm a manager, and maybe I'm a manager or a business owner listening to the podcast right now sometimes it's like, aren't we adults that get paid to come to work and just do your freaking job? Like, what are we, why are we even involved in this? And I know sometimes that's a very real moment too, but, but maybe how come we can't just expect that of people? How come that, that can't be our first go-to anybody?
3: I think a lot of, a lot of people just like Bethany said, and, and Diana said, they, they fill in the lines, you know, where the gaps are, And I think as a, as a manager, you just, you want them to come to work. You want them to enjoy their job. You want them to have a good time, but then these factions happen. And so, you know, it it becomes stressful on all parties that are involved then because now you have, instead of two sides of the room, you might have three sides
2: of
4: the room. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and bringing sides together like that might be difficult too. We'll take that as a next step here in just a moment. Diana, what were you going to add?
2: I'm going to say that I think working relationships are some of the hardest relationships ever because you're just sort of put with people, right? Like you don't know these people you're getting, you're all getting paid to be there. There's no real connection or thread right away. It's just like you all work at this place. And so since you didn't choose them and you didn't care to learn about them or whatever the case is, like those relationships are really hard because you're just sort of forced into this situation together and forced to like work together on things that you might be passionate about. You might not be passionate about, but like you have to do it. And it's just like the strangest dichotomy or strangest, you know, interaction that anybody ever has. It's bizarro land, but we're all expected to just be good together. And it doesn't work like that. <laughs> this is it doesn't also, work like that. This
4: is also why managing is hard because if I'm a manager of people I'm not only balancing their workload right the the the, the production or the quality of it or whatever I don't I, I don't just get to manage that in fact a lot of managers might say gosh if I just had to manage that part of my job it would be so much easier managing but I also have to manage this people part and sometimes the people get sideways and sometimes I love how you laid that out Diana of going it's not really designed to be great relationship building up front, you're just kind of thrown in there, and now the manager has to do their best to try to mend the pieces together and build the bridges as necessary, which does not come naturally to a lot of managers. I can think of one that we had recently where we were suggesting to a group of managers about a couple of their employees that okay, good, we can we have a good process improvement to be able to help that going forward, but we probably need to put you know, bring everybody together to take a couple of steps back and talk about how we got there in the first place and help them come up with a good solution to be able to get through it. And one of the managers in the room said, why do we need to do, why do we need to do that? Like, that's not, that's not difficult. Just follow the, just do this, just follow this. And they wanted, they did not see the value in taking a step back and saying, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about how we got here. No offense. I was doing this. I didn't know that that's what you were doing. Sorry to step on your toes. Like they wanted no space for any of that. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes if I have that, that typical or that type of personality, I can't go forward until I accomplish that step first. I have to have that moment before I can then go forward too.
1: Yeah. It's really easy to buy into the drama in those situations, right? It's like, there's like, oh, there's a conflict. I'm going to pick sides here. And then you just jump right into it and then you contribute to it. And I've seen people do that, not just frontline employees. I've seen executives do that. Oh, and then what did you say back? It's like you feed that and it just it just breeds negativity.
4: Don, you, you brought up that slide earlier and I say brought up the slide, it's a podcast. We saw it internally, uh, but talking about the most uh, common places or mo- most common sources of, of where gossip comes from, that director level, that VP level. And I was just going to add a thought to this because it's not uncommon for us to start working with an organization. We get to talk to those individuals and those individuals, you know, we we talked about, well, they're kind of in the middle They they feel, they also feel that they feel caught in the middle too. So it's not just an observation. Like that's the feeling that they're also saying, I, I can't tell you how many times where they're trying to do the right thing. They feel like they have a certain allegiance to the employee population. They feel like I have a certain allegiance to the leadership of it. I'm kind of caught in the middle between the two. Sometimes I don't know what I can and cannot. I don't know what I can and can't say, Uh, but I do know I have a little bit of information. I want them to like me. I want them to respect me. Uh, They're kind of caught in the middle in this limbo area. We have to remind them I can think of one organization in particular, we, we have to remind them who team number one is and who team number two is, you know, and where their allegiance might fall. And sometimes it's, it's it, they lose sight of that, but they feel that stress. Were you going to add to that?
1: Yeah, I think that one of the things we talk about in terms of gossip is the roles that people play. And you're absolutely right. There's people that feel like they're in the middle of all of that. And we really identified four different roles that people tend to play in the gossip area. The first role is the rescuer. It's the person, I want to help. I want to fix this. So I'm going to jump in the middle of this. I'm going to try to solve the problem. But the problem is, is that when you jump in the middle, then you might choke off the communication. And we've, we've seen that. we had a, I saw a client fairly recently that there was a conflict between two employees that needed to be resolved, and it ended up going up to each employee's manager, who are different managers. And the two managers met and got together and kind of like tried to fix everything for them and said, oh, we'll just do this now moving forward and that's all great. And then they were both gonna individually go tell the two employees what they agreed on to do. That didn't fix the problem. That's not gonna make it better. Like it's like, oh, my boss told me to do this. Your boss told you to do this. Now we're friends. It's not gonna work like that. You have to solve that together. So the rescuer is one role and that people mean well when they do this. I think people mean well when they do all of these things. Then there's also the empathizer. The empathizer can sometimes be one easy person to talk to, and they tend to pull gossip from people. Oh, you're having a bad day. Tell me a little bit about it. Is somebody frustrating you? Tell me. And they pull the gossip from people. That happens a lot on social media. You'll see that a lot. Well, somebody will make a post of saying, oh, I had a bad day at work again. And you'll see people jump on there. Oh, is your boss being a jerk again? Like you're feeding the negativity. You're trying to, you're, you're approaching it like, I'm trying to help you, but really you're, you're feeding that negative story. The third role that we talk about that often participates in gossip is the toxic employee. Now, if you remember, when we talk about the toxic employee, we don't say that the person is toxic just themselves. It really just means they are misaligned with the organization, which means that probably something happened in the organization that they don't like. They feel like there was some kind of an injustice, so they feel frustrated that they saw this injustice and sometimes they feel powerless. And so they decide to start to recruit others to feel the same way. And that's when they start to really go out and they start to rally the troops against the, against the company. Uh, and and it's, it's really an attempt to kind of gain power, really, is what that looks like. And then the fourth one that we identified, and we called this one the soap opera watcher, it's the person that just likes to be in the know. Like they're not trying to pull it out because I'm trying to help people. They just like the story around them. and They're just watching it and they they tell the story and they like to talk about it. And a lot of times they're just doing it because they're trying to make more work more interesting. Diana talked about earlier, like work is kind of weird sometimes. Like you're going to hang out a lot of time with people who aren't necessarily people that you would hang out with otherwise. So when we do that, if you're looking for ways to make it more interesting, then some of the drama makes it more interesting. So how can I find drama in what we do? Uh, So those are some of the roles that I think that we've identified before that people play in gossip.
0: When you're going through all of those, I think the one that stands out to me the most is the empathizer one, because I am an empathizer, but two, when I'm doing coaching with people, I see this one come up a lot because it's people who they're not even really aware that they are doing that, that it's kind of coming out that way, but it's impacting their relationships internally too, because it's like, and this is, you know, multiple people I've seen this. So where where somebody else's employees continue to keep coming to this other manager and they're talking about it. And this manager thinks, well, I'm just, you know, I don't know why I'm not telling them to come to me. I'm, you know, they're just talking to me about their problems and I'm just trying to empathize and help them. And then, then it sort of creates this really poor relationship between those two managers and then factions again form. So then it sort of happens there too, instead of, yeah, just figuring out like how you, you've got to stop pulling this gossip from people that, that the way that you're doing this is not helpful. And they've got to connect with their manager. And there's just so many problems tied up in in that. So anyways, that was just one that stood out to me. I feel like I see a lot.
1: I think it's really helpful, Bethany, just like you said, this to recognize that when we get involved in gossip, we usually do it because we're actually kind of trying to help or we're not really aware of what we're trying to do. Very, I don't think most people have the intent of like, I'm going to start the story, check this out. Let me tell you something else about Matt. It's like, it's not usually like that.
3: Another thing that we see that I've seen in my career was, you know, people would come to or would go to a certain person and they would trust that person. And so they would go to that person and just tell them, I've got this issue with this employee. And then they'd have four or five or six or eight or 10 people come to that person because they all trusted that person and trusted that person could do something then that person tries to do something about it. But the manager over that employee is like, "Mm, is this person making it all up? You know, so that's a point in time where kind of what you said, Don, you've got to make everybody go to the manager over that employee and have that conversation with that manager and share the facts with that manager.
1: Yeah, and just to add to that, Mary, I read an article recently that talked about one of the biggest dopamine boosts that you can get is when somebody comes to you for help. You feel like the hero in that case, like I'm really going to help. And in the situations that Bethany and Mary both described, it's the person I'm stepping in because I'm the hero in the situation and you're actually making it worse. Uh, and we see that a lot. The well-intended hero.
0: Yeah. Well, that's true of even with like the toxic employee, when you talk about usually it's like, well, I'm fighting against an injustice that's being done. And so we've got to rally and we've got to, you know, we've got to make this happen because this is right and wrong. Right. And so it's, it's funny that, you know, we, we look at that and we can say, of course, it's the toxic employees, but to, to that employee, they think, well, I'm doing the right thing.
4: All right. So let's maybe move to okay so we understand that this is bad we understand that this is divisive we understand that this creates factions okay so how do we what are let's start you know maybe transitioning to and I think we already have just a little bit but how do we overcome this thing or how do we create an environment where this is not commonplace uh or we you know kind of police ourselves here Mary
3: you put them all in a room and you tell them to knock it off and pull up their pants
4: <laughs> put, put your pants on get out there and get to work I don't want to have this conversation yeah yet.
2: No, that's not how you handle it. That's how I'd handle it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's how everybody wants to handle it. (laughs) That's our first reaction.
0: Yeah. Well, we joke about that, but I think in some ways that's like not completely wrong. I think it's just the approach of how to do it, right? Like I think sometimes you do have to create that space for people and say, hey, we need to figure this out. Let's sit down and like work through it like you guys were talking about before. So I think in some ways that's not wrong but I think you also have to, you know, it's the approach. Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I, when, when I say things like that, I always think like, why aren't people just professional and why can't we just all be adults? Right. And I've recent, well, in the past few years, I've, really dissected words. And I recognize that like the word professional means something different to every single person you ask about it. And so when I say professional, I'm like, oh, you're respectful and you work as a team member. And like some of those things never come to people's minds. So I always hate when people think they're being very clear by using words like just go be a professional or just go do your job because that's actually not very clear.
3: Yeah. Mary. So honestly, going back to how you maybe want to handle this, there's a couple of ways. And one of the ways that I've seen work well is truly pulling in the parties that are involved, getting them in the room, telling them that what, you know, having the conversation about what they're making up about each other and really airing out the facts and getting those facts shared. And then, you know, letting those facts be laid out, go back to work and, Like Diana said, you're not always going to get along with everybody, but you do have to learn how to work with other people.
1: There was a business owner that we worked with Mary that did exactly that and he often talked about the no gossip policy. And he warned everybody like we have a no gossip policy in our office. And if he would be, he would have somebody, he'd be sitting in his office and somebody would come in and they would say, hey, I'm working, you know, Matt, I, I just need to talk to you a little bit about Matt. Matt is not doing, he's like, "Wait," and he'll say, wait a second, hang on one second. He'll know, pick up the phone. Matt, could you come into the office for just a second? And then Matt would walk in and he'd just say, okay, go ahead and I'll tell, go ahead and say what you were going to say. <laughs> and it was just a moment of like, wow, oh, I'll bet you're going to say it differently now with Matt in the room. But I do think, I mean, I think it's a, that that forces the lesson. Uh, first of all, it brings your attention to being careful when you're gossiping. Second of all, if you do, you would say it differently with, if the other person was in the room uh, and you have to think about it differently and you have to search for their perspective, which I agree with you, Mary, I think that's very, very healthy.
2: Well, we often say how difficult communication is and it's because it really is difficult. And I don't think people are ever taught that when you have a problem with someone, you genuinely can pull them aside and say like, "Hey." I'm struggling with this with you. Tell me more about it. What's going on? Here's why I'm struggling. But people don't generally, that's not generally the go-to. And so sometimes it does take the manager calling that person in saying like, okay, now say what you want to say. Because we're all here together and we got to work it out. You guys are going to have to work together. So you can make it pleasant or you can make it terrible. Like that's on you.
4: I think the other side of that too is how often do we see managers hear that? And then they go, oh, okay, I'll take care of that. I'll I'll take care of that for you. Or okay, I'll all the time. I'll go, you know, I'll go have a talk with them, or you know, oh, I'm sure they didn't mean it like that. Just keep just keep your head down, keep going to work. And then in, internally that's just creating a further divide, you know. So I, I do think trying to create an, an, an environment of transparency and Don, you know, with your example there, if an organization does that where they bring they continue to bring those parties together, they probably don't have to do it for very long because they learn right
1: yeah he did it was very well known there in fact when new people would come in and he would say there's a no gossip policy people would tell new people that story of like you really don't like he's not just saying that like you want to put yourself in an awkward situation is, is start that gossip. And then they started doing it themselves too, Matt. That's what that's the part that I'd see is that even three and like two employees talking with each other, and, and then they'd bring the third employee in, you know, I thought I, they started doing that as well, just as part of their culture. And when the new person came into that conversation, or when the when the third person would come into the conversation, they knew what it was when they came in, and the conversations went better. So it's like they came in and say, hey, I was about to complain about you and I realized that you should be here. So now we're going to have this conversation and people, they were just used to that. Like, okay, that makes yeah, sense.
4: I think that's a great first step, right? Now, like Diana brought it up. Sometimes there, there might be a situation where the manager does have to step in, but I don't think that's step one. That might be step two or three. A lot of times employees, you know, we can figure that stuff out on our own. And, and sometimes it comes down to a it was a misperception or, you know, we talk about um, how we want to be communicated with or, you know, we have different wants there too. And, and sometimes just kind of having that conversation uh, helps alleviate the need to escalate it. I think the escalation comes from avoiding that conversation in the first place. It's not even from the original gossip that took place. Mary?
3: You bring up a good point about, you know, talking about what the manager might say to the employee about maybe that's not what they meant you know, the perception. And so sometimes I think as a manager, we have to make sure that we help open up people's minds as well. And so sometimes we've got to say, Hey, is it possible that this could be going on with that person, or this could be going on with that person? You know, when, when people lash out or have a tendency to do gossip or, or negative things, there's normally something else going on in that person's life that people aren't aware
4: of. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I think in addition to that, if they continue to do it, it might be something that you have created within that culture that's acceptable. You know, we talk about that quite a bit too. If if you have gotten in the pattern of they are able to come into your office and do that or, you know, whatever that, that is, and then you typically take it or don't do anything with it, you have just trained them to come back and do it again. Over a, and over, you kind of get in that cycle.
1: Yeah, as a structural thing, sometimes we've seen organizations that create cultures of gossip unintentionally by having poor communication up and down the organization. So if the frontline employees never know what the executives are thinking and their only source of information are little bits and pieces that are leaked through, then people depend on that and they search for that and they want that. And then they really start to lean in on gossip. And the, the problem is that even then when the communication is opened back up, up and down to the organization, the gossip habit is still there. So then it takes a while to break that habit, but you can actually design your organization in a way to make sure you have gossip by just don't tell your employees anything. And then you'll, you'll get a lot of gossip.
4: That's right. Just because you're not speaking does not mean their brain stopped working. They will continue to formulate <laughs> something and it's probably way worse than the truth. Well said, uh, but they don't know, they don't know the information. So let's give one quick tip here on maybe a way to potentially avoid uh, this, this culture of gossip Uh, Or maybe just uh, something in general about, you know, doing your best to be able to uh, help those factions not build up and to be so divisive. What are some things that managers can do to maybe help alleviate that from the top? So who'd like to start with a tip?
1: I think a general goal for all teams is that you should work towards building trust. And I think if you have that in your mind, then I think you realize the damage of gossip. For example, if I started off just like this podcast, talking with Bethany about Matt Bethany's if I'm talking about building trust how am I doing at building trust with Matt when I'm talking to Bethany about Matt but also how am I doing about building trust with Bethany when Bethany knows that I would quickly talk about Matt when Matt's not there
4: Ooh, snap. Beth-
1: Bethany's going to start to wonder i wonder if don talks about the, me like that and i think that's something that people don't always rec- recognize so i would i would say keep trust in mind when you're spreading gossip and saying am i building trust or am i breaking it down right now
4: good point Who's next, Bethany?
0: Well, it's kind of echoing what you guys were saying, but I think from the top, you have to kind of over-communicate with your employees. Don't just, I think sometimes you think that, well, I'm going to let people know information when they need to know information, but if there are things happening or things changing within your organization that are visible to everybody and you're not communicating about what those changes are or why those changes are happening or things like that, make sure that that you're just on top of it and that you're getting that communication out before people even have the opportunity to create their own stories.
4: Great. Mary?
3: I just go back to being open-minded you know try to try to come to a situation open minded and you know try not to spread the gossip about people really i mean i'm sure everybody's been a part of it in their life intentionally or not intentionally but just be open minded about what's going on in people's lives and and let their lives lay don't don't continue to spread that that's their business not not yours to spread
4: nice thanks mary diana i
2: think mine echoes mary's a little bit it's a word of caution once the Once the toxic stuff has spread, once you have become a negative Nelly, once people know that you talk crap about other people on your team, it is very hard to reverse. To change the paradigm in people's heads, to fix the things that have been broken and the trust that has been broken takes a very, very long time and a lot of intent and a lot of communication. And sometimes it never goes back. So like, just watch out. If you're gonna do those things, know that there are deep, dark ramifications of it.
4: Wow, you really painted the word picture. Word picture there. <laughs> deep. Right. dark, and you're staring at me when you said it. I don't know if that A word me. of <laughs> caution.
2: <laughs> A word of caution.
4: Oh, I like it. Hey, I my quick on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> I think my quick tip uh, here would be just recognize even though what you're saying is true, is it helpful? I don't know if it's helpful. Like, understand what it is, why it is that you're saying, maybe what it is that you're saying, or why it is that you've gotten caught up into that. Is there winning in being on that side? Is there winning in in forwarding that? Like, you still have to go to work with these people, also, right? We still have to be able to be effective on project. If we get so caught up into that, you might be right, but you also might be damaging yourself your career, your stake in the game, so to speak, your respectability on the team, like those types types of things. You might be right, but I don't know if there's winning in that, in continuing to fight that fight. You might self-evaluate that too. Bethany?
0: I just want to add, because we say this a lot, but I, but, and I think Diana says a little bit too, of like, assume the best intent, like just continue to drive that home. Like you, you don't know the whole story until you talk to that person and confront the other person about, you know, whatever you think is going on or whatever you're frustrated by or whatever you've heard until you go to that person and actually talk to them. So until then, assume the best intentions.
4: Awesome. Thank you, everybody. We're so glad that you decided to click on this and listen to it uh, to us here. We're, we're excited that you are a part of this more than workers family uh, as well. Feel free to share the podcast. If you have other ideas that you'd like to hear topics on Diana, tell them how they can get a hold of us.
2: We're on all the social media platforms and you could also email us directly at at morethanwork@peopleccg.com.
4: I love it. And we love the interaction too. So if you wanted to reach out to us to be able to ask a question or clarifying question, we're always up for an email or a phone call. Uh, Just let us know. We'd love to interact with our our people uh, there too. So till next time, we will talk to you later.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time, and in the meantime, lead well.